title of my sermon today is Understanding of the Times. You got to come to an understanding of the time we're living in. All right? You got to understand that this is not strange. This is not something that God doesn't know what's going on. You see, we all think, where's God? God's in the middle of all this. You ought to understand. Even what you're going, he can't be in Washington. Well, he may be on the outskirts. Because you've got to invite him in to want him there, right? But I'm telling you, God doesn't allow nothing to happen that doesn't come from him. So guess what? He knows what's happening right now. But you've got to identify what time you're in. You see, uh, the the scripture we're going to talk about today is 1 Kings uh, 19. So I'd like for y'all, the ones that were diligent and brought your Bible, if you didn't bring your Bible, go ahead and pull out your iPhone. Just get off Facebook. Here's the deal. Go to 1 Kings 19, verses 8 through 13. I want you to understand right now, Elijah was feared for his life. They've already put to death all kinds of prophets. They were coming out there. They were taken out, folk. And Elijah had something he needed to do. He needed to get alone with God. So he went to this cave, right? And, and, and so the angel of the Lord came to him and said, Drink and eat, because the journey you're getting ready to go on is hard. Now, that's a paraphrase. That's Jeff, you know, that's out of the book of Jeffrey, right? But I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Then he said, so he got up and drank. He strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights. Must have been pretty good food. How many of you know sometimes heavenly food will get you a whole lot further than earthly food? Am I the only one that's ever done that one? You see, when God shows up like he has this morning, sometimes that, that, that just takes the hunger uh, for, for, for him and just fill me up. Sometimes I walk out fuller than if I sat down to a filet minot. Says there he came to a cave and he spent the night and the word of the Lord coming to me and he says what are you doing here Elijah? Do you not think God know why he was there? Do you not think? Do you not think he he was looking? He said I have been very jealous or zealous for for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. How many of you have ever felt like you've been in a position when your family, in your job, all the good people are gone and I'm the only one left? I've felt like that before. There ain't nobody, God, why'd you put me in the middle of all these heathens? What? Go Go to school. You're walking into a whole bunch of them. That's the honest truth. You send your kids there every day. He, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now, that would get me excited, right? That would get me excited. Get out there and get ready. He's coming. And it says, then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains and tore the mountains apart. 
and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. I want you hearing this, right? Then it says, after the earthquake come a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? You know what the Holy Spirit talked to me about this morning while we were sitting here? When you're alone with God and you're waiting and you're listening and you're trying to hear from God to give you direction and give you peace and give you comfort and give you strength, the Satan's going to use everything at his power. He threw wind, fire, earthquake. You understand what I'm saying? He, the only thing he didn't do was flood. And that's because it can't happen again. I'm just telling you something. He threw everything he had trying to distract him because, oh, God's speaking in the earthquake. No, he wasn't there. How many of you know right now there's a lot of noise going on in this world and God's not in it? But Satan's going to try to sidetrack you into thinking you can't do this without him. Do you understand what I'm saying? That it's not, God's not hearing. That's what I meant to say. Do you understand? God is, Satan is trying so hard with all this noise. I, was, I seen a picture the other day and I started laughing. Because I remember watching it. This is before I turned off TV and I don't watch TV or Facebook or anything anymore. It was, you know, back when people were like almost sane. And then they just went full left turn. But here's the thing. There was, I seen this, this, I don't know, I think it's a woman, screaming. It's a picture they use all over the place, crying and screaming because Trump was president. Yeah! Really? You know what? Doesn't matter who's in the White House. I know who's in the big house. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I ain't got nothing to fear. I'm not going to go scream and yell. But do you know whose voice gets heard a lot? The one that God's not in. You know why? They're screaming louder trying to get you sidetracked. You got to understand, folks, we have an opportunity. Like I said, we don't want to take the presence of Jesus for granted. When he shows up, like he showed up today, you need to slow down because what's happening is that's when things are quiet. Isn't it funny when you could stop the music, stop the voices, and just sit there? Somebody asked me, Preacher, why do you yell all the time? Because y'all are not here half the time. It's like my child. Clean your room. Clean your room. I said, yes, sir, I'll go clean it right now. You heard me three times. Why do I yell? Because y'all are sitting here going, man, I'm hungry. 
oh, God, I forgot to change oil in my wife's car. She got to, what time does she go to work in the morning? Maybe I can do it. No, I ain't going to do it in the morning. I don't know. I'm gonna, oh, my, where's that kid of mine? Oh, my gosh, what's he into now? I don't understand why you gave me this child, God. I'm not ready. What? You don't understand. I'm sitting here watching you. You know how hard it is to preach to people scrolling Facebook? You know how hard it is to, to, to try to get the word of God out here when you see somebody going. But you know how easy it is to sit back when the presence of God is here and just let him do his thing? You see, I... <laughs> I want you to understand, it says, and, and, and God began to speak to him. Now, I want you to look another, if you've got your Bible, I want you to change, I didn't even get this scripture, 1 Chronicles 12 and 22. Now, this is a great area of the Bible. I'm not going to get through all of it because it's a lot of stuff in here, but it says, for at that time, day by day, there came to David to help him until it was great host like the host of God. I want you to understand. Here we are, and he's sinning. And his scripture begins to tell us who all came to join David's army. Man, there's a, this list is crazy. This is this mess. This is crazy stuff. Says the children of Judah, 6,800. That bore shields and spears, ready and armed to go to war. Of the children of Simeon, of 7,000 mighty men of valor uh, for the war. Of the children of Levi, 4,600. And, and Je Jehadiah uh, was the leader of the Arianites. With him were 3,700. And Zadak, the young man, uh, mighty of valor and of his father's house, uh, they were there. I just lost my spot. Where was I at? 29, there it is. Maybe not. Nope. Oh, there we go. And then it says, and, uh, and, and the children of Benjamin, 3,000. And the children of Ephraim, 22,800 mighty men of valor, famous throughout the house of their fathers. Of all, of, all, of the half of tribe of Manasseh, 18,000. Now listen to this. Now I want you to listen to this, right? Because what I'm about ready to mention it doesn't sound very important at all. In fact, it looks like it's out of place. Because uh, the, these people have not been trained with swords or spears or shields. You see, these people were trained and they had discernment. They knew how to read the times. Said they had one skill, the skill that made them indispensable to David's army. And that skill made them indispensable was their ability to discern the times they were the sons of Issachar. And First Chronicles twelve thirty two says, And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understood uh, understanding of the times, to know that Israel ought to do, the heads of them were two hundred, and all their brethren were at their commandment. One of the most important things for y'all to understand is the time we're living in. Discernment is one of the biggest things that you need right now. 
Because, like I said, when the wind came and the earthquake and the fire, if Elijah didn't have discernment for the voice of God, he would have thought, oh, Lord. But when he heard the whisper, when he heard the whisper, I like Romans 8, I think it's 8, oh, Lord, 8.16, I think it is. I think it's 8.16, I may be way wrong, uh, where it says, when your spirit will identify with another of life. Do you understand? You don't always have to go around wearing a Christian shirt on in order for somebody to know you love Jesus Christ. You don't have to have, you know, I've got, I got some pretty cool, pretty cool shirts. Uh, it was given to me for my birthday. One says, Faith Over Fear. I like that one a lot. I wear that one a lot because that's where I live most of the time is I live in faith, not fear. The other thing is I got one, don't make me use my pastor voice, you know. I got one that says sermon loading with the dots going across it, you know. My, my son's favorite shirt's the one that says shut up or you'll be part of my sermon next Sunday. But you know, I don't have to wear those, Alan. I can put on a plank white t-shirt. And if you love Jesus... And you let him do what he says he's supposed to do. And you walk around in the, in the faith that you're supposed to have. People are going to know something up with you. They, that's exactly what you said today. You can't have the joy of the Lord without a smile on your face. Try it. I'm so happy to be a Christian. I bet some of you, when your wife woke you up and told you it was time for church, looked at her just like that. I'm so happy to go to church with you. You hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to find your cave. And you got to sit back and wait for the Lord. And you know what, Gary? We got to come to the point to where we can discern when to shut up. I was listening and one of my friends told me, we're going to the school board and we're going to pray. We're protecting our guns. We're going to stand out front. And I'm like, well, you're stupid. You're just proving to them that you're nuts. You want to really blow their mind? Go down there with your Bible. Open your Bible up. Start praying and reading the word of God at the door before they go in. You want to mess them up? And when they go in, you know, be, be like one of them Catholic dudes. Take a little baby rattle with water in it and spit them when they walk in. In the name of Jesus, go do his work. Oh, you want to mess them up? I guarantee you they run faster than you pulled out a nine millimeter. You get a holy oil out of your pocket and you start anointing the doors and the windows of the community centers that they meet in and say, no evil shall pass this right here. Like, you want to mess them up? What? You think I'm kidding? I'm being serious. You want to mess your children up? You want to mess your children? You know the teachers that are trying to do all this stuff to our children? You want to mess them up? Send them cards. 
just wanted to let you know, me and my family prayed blessings from Jesus Christ over your life today. What am I going to do with that? Because you know every teacher wants to put a card. Oh, I got an apple. Oh, I got a card. They want to put that up in their room. Not that one. Because when you start doing things like that, God's going to show up. But you have to have discernment. There's a time to yell. And there's a time to sit back and wait for God to go before you. Why is that so hard to understand? You know why? It's because we're, 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 we're wired, right? We're wired to protect our family, ain't we? We are. You come against my wife, brother, you better have a bigger gun and a lot faster draw. Because even my little one can, can pew pew you because I'm going to protect that woman. She's what God has given me to protect. I'm going to protect her. But you know, sometimes that ain't the smartest thing to do. Sometimes I got to let her do her thing too because you know what? Her faith's her faith, not mine. And when it comes to things of God, sometimes I got to back up and shut up and let her work through it. You know, that's hard. Try having a 21-year-old son who... You know, we are making that shirt, by the way, Anna. Me and Anna, we're making this shirt that says, I served, and we're going to leave the spot for the number, six, three months, whatever it is, in Leavenworth Prison. We're not going to put as a correctional officer. <laughs> we're just going to let him mess some people up walking around with a gun on his side. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because believe it or not, they don't put the prima donnas there. <laughs> Found that out, right? But it's hard when I hear his voice. And I hear, <sighs> he wanted to fix things and he can't. Do you know how hard it is when, when you want to fix your child and you can't? I thought, well, that child is just disrespectful. I know exactly that. That parent just doesn't know how to hit him hard enough. You slap a kid hard enough, you can slap the disrespect clean out of him. I thought, that's what I thought. Until I met a few. You slap them hard enough, they'll just stare you right down like, buddy, you just don't understand. Oh, I had to pray a little bit. I had to come to an understanding. What am I going to, how am I going to, oh God, this one's got me bent. And God said, he didn't have me bent. So guess what? Instead of you trying to fix him, we're going to turn it over to Jesus. Every time they do that, you just say, I'm praying for you. I'm speaking Jesus into you. I'm going to tell you what God's going to do. I'm going to tell you how great of a man of God you're going to be. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You know, you can be fighting all you want, but Satan has no claim over you. And I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Remove yourself and your attitude out of that child because you know what? He is a child of God. I gave him to you and you ain't nothing. Ain't nothing taking you out because it says nothing going to pluck you out of the hand. He's got to jump. And son, you're scared to hide. All of a sudden, when I stopped trying to fix it, God fixed it. You see, what I want you to understand is sometimes we've got to back up the bus. Stop 
and sit. The ladies have been studying on, on Sunday nights, am I right, Crystal League, right? You've been studying. Do you know what happens when you get women fired up about anything? You, 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 you. I was going to say, he ain't living in no cave. I know he's lying. I see his hairline. He, he done smarted off one too many times. I'm just telling you right now. You get a woman fired up, you better be ready to pay a consequence. You know what happens when women get fired up about Jesus Christ? And they start praying. Oh, oh, Alan. I can't wait to see what happens. Y'all didn't even, I don't know if you noticed, this place was almost three quarters of the way full before you sent all your children off. Did you notice? I noticed. Because I get a phone call from the press bear every once in a while. How many people were there? A bunch. He goes, well, how many? I don't know. I don't count. I count souls. I don't count butts. I'm going to tell you, Jesus had everybody that needed to be there, there. But what I'm trying to tell you is when God starts doing something different and you sit back and you start listening and you get fired up and you start getting into the Word of God and you read it for yourself. Come here, little man. Ever watch a child be trained in something? See that, that bench right there? Don't sit on that bench. It's hot. Get up. Get up. I said, don't sit on that bench. It's hot. I said, you know what's funny? Light that sucker on fire. Go ahead and sit down now. What are you going to do? You know why? You know what? But when his tail gets burnt, he'll figure it out. He ain't going to hear it from me. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. You understand what I'm saying? How many of you have ever said this? I said this to Alan just the other day. We just went through Financial Peace University. It was my second time because I'm not smart enough to get it right the first time. And so I was going through it the second time. And you know what's funny is, is, is God, God imparted me a wisdom. You know what wisdom was? My dad told me all this 35 years ago and I didn't listen to him. You know why? It was my dad. My dad told me, I guarantee you it. <laughs> It did. You know why? It was my dad. I got tired of hearing his voice tell me all the stuff I was doing wrong, what I had to do, how I had to say, how I had to act. And when I got a certain age, it was like... Because it was my dad. And it was frustrating to him because then my youth pastor, right, I'm 13, I'm done with him. He already made me mad. He was a preacher. We were broke all the time because he was a preacher. Didn't have nothing. I was mad. He'd preach. And I'm like. <laughs> and then a man named Jim Thomason was my, my youth pastor. And he came in and he said. Jeffrey. You're running. Stop. And just listen to what God's got for you. And I went, yeah, I am. And you're right. And my dad was so mad. 
Because he told me that before. Just a few days before that. He goes, I just told you that. Why did you not hear me? And I went, It's the same way. If you read the Word of God yourself, it's different than me reading it to you. If you take the Word of God in your hand right there and you open it up and you read that Word and you sit there, not with music going, back in black. No, you don't do that in reading the Bible, right? Hell's bells. No, turn it off. What you need Because you have to learn to silence your voices. Do you know how many voices are put into your head every day? You have teachers, you have coaches, you have parents, you have friends, you, right? All these things are bouncing around in your head. I'm killing somebody's water. It's all right. I got it. It's all right. Don't worry. It didn't leak. You're good. You understand? You have all these voices in your head at, at all times, right? Coming at you from every angle. Then you put on top of that music. You know what's funny is I love music. I'm a musical guy. I, put, I love music so much that I can't feel my hands and my feet. And I still want to play the drums. I, I, the reason they stopped is because I, I cut myself. I hit myself with a stick and I didn't know until blood started dripping. And I'm like, give me. I don't want to get it on my pants because then I'm doing the laundry right now and I don't know how to get blood out yet. But here's what I'm trying to tell you is you got voices coming everywhere. Then you put music in your ear. You know what? I don't even care if it's Jesus music. It's distracting because all of a sudden you're not hearing from God anymore. You're hearing beats and rhythms and songs and harmonies, right? And you're doing all this stuff. Sometimes you just need to get alone and shut up and listen to God because when God wants to speak, to you he don't want to have to go over top of anybody else he wants you to want him what did Elijah say I'm jealous over my God he wanted to feel him what's your priority what's your priority I'm sitting here thinking that you're lucky you have closed-toe shoes on. I was sitting here thinking about what are we doing wrong to we're not being effective. What are we doing wrong? What am I, Jeffrey Lee Spears, what am I doing right now be, to be ineffective? Why am I not being as effective as God wants me to be? And it's because Jeffrey's trying to do Jeffrey instead of Jeffrey trying to do Jesus. I want you to understand this. Sometimes we get in his way because of the noise that's going on. Let me tell you a secret right now. I turned off Facebook, Gary. You know why I turned off Facebook? Because I started not liking people I've known all my life. When I start finding out how they really thought, I'm thinking, I don't need that in my life. Delete. And then after I was down to like three friends, I'm like, why do I have this? And that was her. She's the first one to win. <laughs> I like her. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding, baby. Don't get her wound up. I already told you about a woman wound up. I want you to understand something. I had to silence that because I started getting angry over stupidness. I don't care if you think that it's all right for a man to be laying in bed with a man or a woman to be with a woman or if you want to have... I don't care. I want to know is this, is if you know Jesus Christ, He's going to change that in you. I don't have to. So why am I getting angry? I was getting angry because all these voices that were coming selectively, by the way, not things that were... I, I only had like... 30 people that were coming up on my feet all the time. And they were all like negative people. And I'm like, why? I took it off. I got less negative. And I have more friends. You know, I had, I had almost 1,800 friends on Facebook. And, and you know what? I still have 1,800 friends because they don't know I'm gone. <laughs> I just disappeared. And you know what? I took Instagram off my phone. You know why I took Instagram off my phone? I don't need to know what your children think is cool. Because my prayer life is pretty full already. And I find out what your kids are looking at, what they think is cool, what they think is sexy, what they think is awesome, what they think is all right. (gasps) I'll never get off my knees. And you shouldn't either. But you see, we're allowing voices into our children's minds. I can't get back up there. Get me that thing up there, honey. I want to ask you a question. And I, I, I see this beautiful baby sitting right here, okay? This little baby right here. It's so precious. You know what's the greatest thing about that baby is right there? It's mine's not corrupted yet. But you know what's going to happen? You know, I, and, and what happens most of the time is this is an iPad. And you know, what, you know what happens is I'm busy. Do me a favor. Go play a stupid game. I'm tired of you being in my face all the time. Just give me a minute. All of a sudden... YouTube, Minecraft, Mortal Kombat, all this stuff becomes babysitter. But what you're not understanding is what you're putting in their mind. No, I'm telling you right now. I don't understand my child's attitude. Shut up and go in your room and play Mortal Kombat. Oh, his head blew up. Oh, that's fun. Oh, dude, I cut him with a knife. I was listening to the kids the other night. They were talking about, dude, I was playing, and I come up behind him. I grabbed him by his head, and I slit his throat. You slit what throat? Oh, we were playing a game, Pastor. You wouldn't understand. You're right. But I don't understand why you're, like, walking around going, I'll sue you. I'll beat you. You would. You can't bite your way out of a wet paper bag. You're this big around. But you know what's easy to talk like that behind a screen. What happens is, is this is in their mind, and then they walk out into real life, and the next thing you know, you're going to the hospital because somebody done tanned his hide. Well, what were you thinking? Well, I was going to reboot. There's no reboot in life, y'all. This is the one time God gave it to us. And what are we doing? We're ignoring God's voice. And we're drowning it out with stuff. It's time 
understand. You want, do we want God? I, I, now I'm going to ask a question. It's participation for a minute, okay? How many of you want to see the power of God fall in this community and in our nation right now like never before? I'm talking a revival that's going to the Holy Spirit where you're going to see people just climbing through the doors going, we need Jesus. How many of you really want to see that? How many of you want to see it where your children go, Mom, I don't want to do that. Can I have a Bible for Christmas? Mama, I don't want to do that. Would you take me to church tonight? How many of you want to see that? It ain't going to see that if you're putting all the noise in your head and you're drowning out the still small voice of Jesus saying, I'm here for you. I'm ready. I'm ready to sit back and allow God to do His thing. His thing. You see, I want, I, Gary, you know what I want? I want to come here in a couple weeks because everybody in this room right here is going to get on their face before God and they're going to start praying. God, send the fire to this community. Send a fire to me like it's never burned before. God, I'm going to turn off all the music. I'm going to turn off all the news. I'm going to turn off all the TV. I'm going to grab the Bible. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to pray and I'm going to read the Word of God until you tell me what to do, and where you're going to do. And when that happens, you know what's going to happen? We're going to pull that reset van out front, and we ain't going to have a place to park because there's going to be people who are crippled and sick and dying wanting to get through that door to be healed right here on this altar. We're going to have people standing out front saying, we need Jesus, let us in. It ain't going to happen if we don't start doing what God asked us to do. It's not going to happen if we don't shut the noise off. Now, I ain't telling you, Facebook, Satan book, (laughs) is not of Satan. (laughs) All right? It's not. If used wisely, it can be a very good tool. You know what I miss? I miss all my family back east. All my cousins and such that are back there that, you know, they're not going to take the time to call you and say, hey, you're not going to believe what little Gary Wayne Jr. did. They're not going to do that, but I could have saw it on Facebook, you know. My cousin just opened his seventh, uh, seventh venue. Uh, uh, party foul is his his business back in Nashville Nashville hot chicken and it's popular and he's at the at the uh, Nashville Titans and he's at and he's in the in the Predators uh, stadium and he's doing great and doing all this good stuff and they just opened one in the Nashville uh, airport it's huge and that's my little cousin I mean we growed up together and he's like bigger than me and got a whole lot more money and a whole lot more debt. Thank you, Jesus, I don't have the debt. But he's got all this stuff going on. And you know what? I didn't, you know how I had to find out? My mama had to call me. My wife told me, look what I see on Facebook. Austin, up in a, he opened up another building. Are you kidding me? Yeah, in the airport. Look at that. Man, it was awesome. I missed it. So I texted him, dude, I'm not on Facebook. Just want to let you know I love you. I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? I didn't get a text back. It takes time. And it's not promoting. Right? And then my cousin Nikki, 
I get a, I get a text message. Did you see on Facebook? No. I just, everybody knows I'm not on Facebook. Nikki's got stage five uh, liver failure. Uh, they're not expecting her to last three to four weeks. Well, can I go see her? No. She's just in Phoenix. I don't know if she's alive. I got Facebook. Because I had to shut off the noise. Do you know what I've been able to do? Been able to sit in my room with my Bible on my lap praying that somebody would find my little cousin Nikki and lead her Jesus Christ before God took her home. Because I can't do nothing for her here. But I can sure pray her that somebody can take her and give her Jesus just before she goes. You see, sometimes we've got to back up and understand, I can't fix Nick. I can pray for Nick, right? You see, I can't fix problems at home. I can't fix problems at school. I can't can't fix Jeffrey. But when you take the noise out and you start spending time with Jesus, you'll find out he'll fix what needs to be fixed. And what doesn't need to be fixed, he'll make it okay to where you can get through it. That's the truth. I can't fix my wife's cancer. I can't fix your cancer. I can't. If I could, brother, I, you don't think for a minute that I ain't prayed for you more than I've prayed for most folk in my world. But guess what? I can't fix it, but I happen to know the one who can And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get at his feet. And I've laid there at the foot of my bed praying and crying to God right now. Please, God, don't take the ones that I love, the ones who are my back, the ones who are carrying me when I'm too weak. Don't take them from my life. Don't take them from this world right now. Find a way right now. I want a healing that surpasses all human understanding because that's what I need. You don't think I've done that? And you know what God has told me? I got you. I got you. And so you know what I do now, Alan? Every time I see you, I start thanking Jesus. I'm done praying. I already prayed the prayer. I already believe it's on its way. Now, I'm going to spit oil on you and baby rattle your hiney and everything else when you go in to get your, your, your surgery done. And then I might even you know, throw a little dab at the, the surgeon on the way in the door. But I'm telling you, well, I've already prayed. God's already told me we're okay. God's already gave me a peace. We're going to be okay. But what I'm telling you is I had to shut up and get in my quiet spot to hear it. Because the world says it's all done. I begged. I didn't have to beg hard. I didn't. Because Vinette and Mary and all y'all are good. All y'all are awesome. I asked for these to be put back in this church. For a purpose. How many of you came in here today with stuff going on outside and your mind was filled with stuff? You. 
What about you, young man? You came in here, all kind of stuff. Them voices were still in your head, wasn't they? I had, Mom, you had to get up. You got to dress a certain way. I don't even want to be here. Why am I getting here? Why is that dude in a wheelchair? Why is he able to move his legs? Why is he able to move his You got all these questions going on. You understand? I get it. You know what? This is important. This is a place when you need that moment. Just you and God. You can come up here. And that's going to happen. You understand what I'm saying? This is a place. Where you can come. It's your cave. That's what you want to call it. This is where you come and you take a moment. How many of you know it don't take a long time to get along with God? You know it takes a long time? Getting everything else out of here. That's what takes a long time. Clearing this out. That's the truth. Because when you're done clearing this out, he's like, hey, I've been waiting this whole time. I've been right here. Somebody told me the other day, oh, so-and-so found Jesus. I'm thinking, well, I'm so great because I didn't know Jesus was lost. (laughs) He ain't lost. We're not hearing him. We're trying to be and do what other people are expecting us to do instead of listening for what he wants from us to do. So what I want to do today, this has been a weird one, and I'm okay with weird. I need you, whether it's right in your chair right there, because I understand I ain't getting down on my knees. (laughs) If I get down on my knees, you're getting a hoist, a heister forklift to get me back in this chair. It ain't happening easy, right? I'm not going to do that. But what I'm going to ask you to do is just for a moment, while Kelly's playing, shut the noise out. And just let Jesus talk to you. Come down. If you want to come to the altar, you can come down here and say, God, I need you to forgive me of my sins. That's as easy. That's all it says. It says if you confess your sins with your mouth, what's the answer? It says you shall be saved. You can just kneel here. You don't have to have people praying over you. You don't have to have some big sign flying through the sky. Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. God, forgive me for allowing the noise to overtake my mind. God, forgive me for not having the faith to believe. God, forgive me for not doing what you've asked me to do. God, forgive me. This is what you do. The altars are open. If you want a moment, just you and God, I implore you just to take a moment and let him speak to you.